You are listening to episode 10 of Smart Good, a podcast show for entrepreneurs with a big heart. We help you become a leader that does more than just make money. We help you become a leader that makes a difference in a smart, thoughtful way. My name is Noelle, and on this show, I interview Todd Polinak. Todd has over 30 years of both for-profit and non-profit business consulting experience. And that is why I'm chatting to him about being an entrepreneur who does make money and a difference. He also happens to be my dad, so lucky for me, the advice is free. On today's episode, we are going to learn about the Enneagram, which you may or may have not heard about. The Enneagram is a great tool to help you understand yourself better. And when you understand yourself better, you can become a better version of yourself. To do good, we must commit to improving the good within. Ooh, that sounded way more deep than I wanted it to. All right, now to the show. Okay, so we're talking about the Enneagram which for a long time right. I was calling the anagram, which is not right. It's not right. It's Enneagram. I was I was almost calling it Enneagram, like almost like Bananagram. Well, and maybe it is a Bananagram. Can you spell Enneagram with Bananagrams? I could, and I probably would get a, I, a lot of points. I no? might get a lot of points. Well, it's not really how the game works, but I was saying it wrong, and then somebody corrected me, and I was super embarrassed. Was it someone important? Was it the author of the Enneagram? No, but the Enneagram has existed for many, many years. More than five. But it just less said, than a million. Yes, and but it's super popular right now. Like it's kind of the hot topic, which we thought, why not talk about it on this why podcast? Not? Because everyone's talking about it. Yes, and it is helpful. It is a a tool. It's a tool. It's Very not good. the tool, but it's a tool, and I think. To start off the conversation with that is really important because uh, when anybody focuses on something and says this is the tool, then uh, be very suspicious. Don't be drink very, the Kool-Aid. Be very suspicious, <laughs> but don't be turned off by the possibility that it may be a tool. And it may work for you, it may not. Yeah, it might be helpful. It's worked for me. Has it worked for you? It has worked for me. I do like it. I don't normally like personality typing assessments yeah. I get really overwhelmed Me when, too. because I want to be everybody I want to be <laughs> I want to be number one through nine in the Enneagram um, but I found the Enneagram to be um, very interesting and I came across it through a friend who is a writer a author published author and she uses it to help develop her characters and so she would always be saying to me, oh, Noelle, I think you are a number seven. I know what the heck she was talking about. She just kept on calling me a number. So finally I was like, what is this? What's a number seven? What's this anagram? Which is actually Enneagram. And, um, Enneagram. Enneagram. Got it. And I got a book called The Road Back to You. Yes, I've read that book. Which, in my opinion, is the easiest book to read on mm. the... Enneagram. If anybody goes out and starts researching the Enneagram, there's a lot of books out there, but some of them are really kind of hard. Yes, to and some of them are clinical. Some of them are clinical. But it's kind of rooted in sort of a 
I'm going to say religious tradition. It's, it's quasi, lightly, lightly. quasi. I mean, it's, you know what? In the end, it, nobody really knows. Nobody knows. There is a bit of mystery around this. Yes. But nobody it, knows. It is helpful. And basically, it's a way of sort of typing yourself of a tendency that you lean mm-hmm. towards. And they have labeled it by numbers, one through nine. Right. So I think we should go through those numbers and kind of give a brief description. This actually is the description listed from the Enneagram, not Enneagram, the Enneagram Institute. There's an institute for Enneagrams? Oh, wow. It's called the Enneagram, I keep on worrying I'm saying this wrong. I don't don't care. I don't care anymore. I'm just going to say it wrong. The Enneagraminstitute.com is a great resource. So if anybody's listening, Good. go Check there. It out. So this is the nine type descriptions, and I'll read through them real quick. Go for it. All right. And can I just say something real quick? Yeah. The only person that can sort of diagnose you as a type or type you is yourself. I was going to say it could be your mother. No, maybe. Only kidding. Maybe your mother. But I really, you know, your spouse, your friends, really. They don't know. They can't because it has to do with the inner monologue motivation inside of you and not everybody knows what's happening in your head that's the truth okay Mm -hmm. so number one type one is the reformer and they're the rational idealist idealistic type they're very principled purposeful self-controlled and perfectionistic Mm. number two is the helper the caring interpersonal type they're demonstrative generous people-pleasing, and possessive. Ooh. Number three is the achiever, the success-oriented, pragmatic type, adaptive, excelling, driven, and image-conscious. Number four is the individualist. They are the sensitive, withdrawn type, expressive, dramatic, self-absorbed, and temperamental. Mm. I bet you people are like going, oh, I know some people like this. Okay, number five is the investigator. They're the intense cerebral type, perceptive, innovative, secretive, and isolated. Number six is the loyalist, the committed, security-oriented type. They're engaging, responsible, anxious, and suspicious. Number seven is the enthusiast. The busy, fun-loving type, spontaneous, versatile, distractible, and scattered. Mm. Number eight is the challenger, the powerful, dominating type, very self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational. And number nine is the peacemaker, the easygoing, self-effacing type, receptive, reassuring, agreeable, and complacent. And if you're interested in knowing who you are, then you can go to this website the Enneagraminstitute.com and take a free test. They do have a free test. And it's fairly accurate, in my opinion, if you are honest. That's the toughest part about taking those tests, by the way. Yeah. Because you, especially if you know what the, <laughs> what the result will be, depending on, you know, are you a total jerk? <laughs> yes. Okay, that makes you a number of whatever. Yeah. Um, I One other point to point out to the listeners please because i think that it's important for them to know Mm -hmm. that when it comes to this particular tool you can be the a borderline between two numbers they're called wings they're wings yes so there's wings on on either side you have to picture right isn't it like a circle 
satan satanic pentagon i guess Chris. i should give you a clue <laughs> it does look a little bit culty but it's not right but there is the idea is that there's certain yeah. elements that you may have in you which um might be a little bit confusing because not everyone is a pure whatever whatever yeah no nobody yeah because everyone's a unique individual yes. and you probably possess some element of all those nine types in your personality you, but there's some dominant ones that Definitely. make you who you are right okay hold up if you're feeling confused because you're completely new to this enneagramness, do not be discouraged you should be confused it feels a little confusing in the beginning but the more and more you kind of look into it the more it makes sense i promise so hold tight stay with us and the reason why i found this helpful is i felt like when i when i finally kind of discovered who i was or what i leaned toward i thought oh that makes sense because i all my life i was like what's wrong with me and now i know that there's nothing wrong with you. No, there are some things wrong with me. Oh. But um, I think it's very important or I think it's very helpful in business and establishing an organization where you lean towards and these kinds of things because this has to do with a lot of like motivation and decision mm-hmm. making. So kind of going there and uncovering this part of who you are I guess is the best way to say it going down into the deep dark basement of your soul and going okay why do I do what I do what is motivating me will actually help you make better decisions I agree and just for the listeners there are other tools and my firm uses uh, the disc model which most people have heard of that right and that gives you some perspective, but this particular tool is a little bit more. Uh, how should I put it? It gives you it gives you a lot more color and understanding rather than disc, which is really somewhat you know four different categories. Right. So I do like this. I like using both, but this uh, will give you some insight that you can use in business as well as your personal life. Well, why don't we talk about our types? Okay. Well. Go ahead, you start. You want me to go first? <laughs> well, I can, I I mean, you can, well, you're supposed to be asking me the questions. Right, I can ask you me, questions. Tell so. me what type you are. Well, I don't fully um, know completely what my type is. I'm still wrestling. And I think that's another thing for the listeners to know that you can sometimes be unsure. Right. But I would say that for the most part, I am uh, a number three. The achiever. The achiever. And how has that played out in your professional life? I um, try to always come out ahead of everyone else. There's a, a drive in me to to perform and be successful. And I always look for a way to to win, so to speak. Not that necessarily I'm looking to crush everybody else I win and everyone loses but it's important for me to to do well to succeed and how has that been helpful it it's been helpful in the sense that it's helped me to achieve (laughs) in my career to be the top in my career and and anything that I've placed my mind to do whether it's my personal life or in my business life I've always I've always looked to 
put all my energy behind achieving and not giving up. There are a lot of entrepreneurs that are uh, type threes. Yes. Because you have to be somewhat driven, driven and a little gutsy. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of people in the business world who are type threes who are like executives and have higher level positions. Because again, you have to want to. You have to want to not give up, and you have to also. What being a number three does is it. It, it somewhat helps you deal with your insecurity and the fact that people may not like you if your number if you try to achieve. Hmm. So that's almost like the. Is that like the the battle of the three is that while you're trying to achieve you're also trying to please everyone you have to learn how not to please everyone because you won't be able to please everyone as a number three Hmm. because pretty much everyone else has a different goal that that well some people have a different goal than you do and it's going to conflict with what you're trying to achieve so what do you do you look for a win-win solution so that you can still be successful. Do you feel like age has helped you navigate this? I think that I'll say not age, but experience. experience. Because I don't think age really matters. You can be an older person and, and still not learned anything. You could be a younger person have learned quite a bit. I don't think it's age, but it's experience. I'll, let me put it to you a different way. Experience applied applied experience mm. then i think that that helps and yes my experiences in life have helped me especially the more difficult experiences have helped me quite a bit now one of the things that i know about type threes is that they feel like it's never enough or that they're never enough and that's what drives them to achieve more and more and more and then eventually they they burn out that's or... the pathos of a number three that's the pathos that's the bad the dark side the dark side of it yes so you know how if, if there's a listener right now who suspects they also may be a type three how would you encourage them to move away from the dark side towards the light so set boundaries boundaries set the boundaries for what you really want to achieve instead of having if you don't have a a boundary or a end goal in mind then you will ultimately burn out. But you need to set boundaries. And also for me, even though I'm a number three, I would probably say I lean towards sometimes being a number seven, which we'll find out what number seven is in a moment. Right. So having a creative side or a side that's fun-loving or something that complements but doesn't kill a number three's drive is helpful. Helpful. So I've learned... At the best part and in, in the best times of my life, not to take myself too seriously. Have you found any of the other types to be difficult to work with? Um, yeah, let's see. Let's go down this <laughs> list here. I think that um, I find it difficult to work with number eights. Oh, the ones who are kind of very confrontational and they know what they know and that's it. I found it to be difficult to work with, sometimes even difficult to work with number nines. Because, because they're complacent. Right. I can't move them. They're so chilled out. And I'd say that sometimes the number ones could be a pain in the butt. The perfectionist, things need to be in a certain right, way. Right, because in order to achieve, you can't always have everything perfect. Huh. you got to kind of move them out of that perfectionist model. So have you found setting this help you with your interpersonal relationships in your business? Yes, 
especially working with my team. Mm. And you know, with clients, it's a little bit different because you're not with clients all the time. Right. But to, and how you approach client, understanding who you are and who they are, like any other tool, you know, it, it encourages you to do your best and to win them over and for them to receive whatever it is that you're trying to help them with. Like you're not going to approach a, uh, as a number three, I'm going to approach a number eight much differently than I'm going to approach, say, a number six. Right, right. Which the number eight was a challenger and a number six was a loyalist. Right. And I wonder too, like when you're starting to feel frustrated, do you feel like, it almost reveals more to you why you are feeling frustrated as opposed to what's wrong with them. Yes. It, I mean, you should, that's the healthy way of responding. You could just be frustrated and not take it as a, a lesson to learn. Right. That's good. My type. Is, Your type. My I'm, type is the type. Can I guess? You already know it, but yes, you can no, guess. Yes, no, I'm guessing. <laughs> I'll let you tell the audience, what type are you, Noel? I'm a type seven. I'm an you enthusiast. Are type, yes, you are type seven. I'm all over the place. And what's the negative side of being a type seven? Unfocused, distractible. But if I'm knowing I'm, you, I would say that you've been able to really focus yourself and get things done. So I don't know if, is that because you've overcome those things? No, it just takes a lot of effort, discipline. But I do get easily, <clears throat> like, I, I get distracted by shiny new projects. I can get excited about anything. Which is a strength. It's, you know, nice to have people who are enthusiastic. But I really can get excited about things I don't care about. Like, if you were like, well, let's go get certified to be scuba you know, scuba diving instructors. I'd be like, that sounds fun. But I, I hate swimming were, and I don't like sharks. I thought for a minute you were going to say Scooby-Doo. No. Scooby-Doo certified. Scooby-Doo certified. <laughs> That would be actually interesting. It probably exists. Yeah, it probably be an interesting (laughs) certification to be Scooby-Doo certified. No, scuba diving. Scuba diving. But I don't like to swim. I don't like to be in the ocean. But I could be like, oh, that sounds fun. Let's do it. Because I like experiencing fun and I like new experiences. Um, I like new experiences too. And I like being, I like to, you know, liven up the room. I'm life of the party, that kind of stuff. But I can get bored easy super easy and not finish things if I don't have if I don't have discipline and deadlines and things like mm-hmm. that and so that's been a big challenge to me as an entrepreneur because I am not only am you know I'm the one sort of getting myself excited about stuff but at the same time I need to get myself to do stuff and keep at it and sometimes I'm like oh, I'm bored of this I'm gonna do a new thing so that's been a huge challenge for me it's also helped me to again working on teams or things i'm collaborating i can more often not i'm frustrating other people than me being frustrated with them because i'm usually not that focused to pick on pick up or pick up on whatever their sort of annoying attribute is but I tend to frustrate people because I'm all over the place. I have another idea. Yes. And that drives everybody crazy. You you definitely have many ideas. I do. If I could sell just ideas, I'd be, be I'd be a millionaire. That'd but that's like not a, how it works. a vending machine of ideas. Yes. That actually might be a good thing to think through. I mean... A the, vending machine of ideas that people actually put a dollar and they get 
an idea. I mean, it could be any idea, but they, it's a random idea. The the other thing about being a seven is that sevens want to avoid pain. And so when work gets hard, sometimes I have to fight against the temptation to keep pressing through that hard work. Because mm. the seven is like, okay, let me, I don't, this is really hard. This Productive is, pain. Yes, this is really hard. This is really challenging. I'm making mistakes or whatever. And I may want to just sort of escape from that. So I'll just sort of like leave it and do something else. So that's something I have noticed. But that's why I found this tool very helpful because I'm like, what is wrong with me? I thought it ADD or something, which no, I may have. You're a seven. I'm a seven. So there, you know, it's learning how to be a healthy version of you. And again, there's a lot of nuances. It's not so cut and dry, but I have found it to be helpful. It's a good tool. Now, you have read other books. What was the book that you read that you found was better? And I haven't, fa- I haven't found another book that's better. Oh. It's just other books that I've read on this topic tend to be more clinical. Oh, okay. And some seem to be a little bit um, hyper-spiritual. So, right, yeah. And I think you have to, well, you know, if that's your thing, that's fine. But as far as I'm concerned, this is, again, something that's fluid it's it's not uh, it's not hardcore truth that can't be uh, modified. So make it your own. And yeah. I I do know that there are other groups have taken this and changed it up and yeah. made it something totally different. Attention, attention! We interrupt this show for a good old fashioned dad joke. What is red and smells like blue paint? Red paint. Well, one little suggestion, if I may make. Yes, make some suggestions. Is there's a podcast called the Sleeping at Last podcast, which is not a business podcast. It's a, it's Sleeping at Last is a band, kind of. It's a man band. I don't it's a know. man band. It's it's music. I'm doing a terrible job explaining it. But it is called the Sleeping at Last podcast, and this guy wrote a song for each type. And it's, it sounds really weird, but it actually is very helpful. And in each episode, he talks about the types and explains it, and there's like a expert, and then he plays the song, and then he tells you why he put all those instruments in there. It, it sounds like the weirdest thing in the world, but I found it to be super... Sleeping at Last. It's a podcast. It's called the Sleeping at Last podcast, and he has different episodes um, about the Enneagram. So, for instance, episode 16 is about type 7. Which is you. Which is me. I found it really helpful. And my husband is actually a type 8. I don't know what episode that was. But if you listen to it, it is a really good overview. And the song is actually really helpful. Like, you know how songs teach us things? Mm-hmm. I found it to be really helpful. So That's check it suggestion. out. I'll check that out. Sleeping. I didn't know about it. Yeah, it's really good. So you think this is a, a good tool among many? It is a good tool. If you are not familiar with it, I strongly recommend that you take the time to find out more about it and learn how to apply it. It'll be, in fact, if you make it more than academic, if you really apply it to your business, I think that you'll find it um, easier to deal with the people that you work with and also who you work for. 
So ultimately knowing who you are. And who everyone else is in relation to you. Right. It works. It works. All right. For season two, we have been closing out our episodes with something new. We want to give you, the listeners, a mindset focus that you can apply to your week because we really do believe that the inner monologue in your head determines the outward decisions you make. This is why we love the Enneagram because it helps uncover that inner monologue that is going on inside of us. On Instagram and in our show notes, we will have a graphic that you can download to be the wallpaper of your phone or whatever so that you have a visual reminder of this week's mindset practice. You ready? Take a deep breath and let your brain absorb these words. Learning who I am is not indulgent. It is the first step to making a positive contribution to this world. Learning who I am is not indulgent. It is the first step in making a positive contribution to this world. Smart gooders believe that. Take the time to do the work. Use the Enneagram as a tool to start. If it's not a good fit, no problem. We have a few other resources in our show notes that can help you get started. All right, now get out there and do some good in this world because that is the best use of your time and talents. Till next time. Hey. Todd hangs out on Instagram or Twitter, and you can be Insta friends or Twitter friends with him if you want. His handle is at Todd underscore Polinac, which is spelled P-O-L-Y-N-I-A-K. It's kind of a weird name, but it's my name, so don't make fun of it.